Strap in. You're listening to The Walt Blackman Show, the show that brings you hardcore conservative straight talk. Welcome to the No PC Zone. How is everyone doing? This is Walt Blackman. And as I said before, I was going to be coming back and coming to you live from our brand new uh, studio that uh, we are doing our podcast. This is not my studio. It's someone else's studio. But we are running our podcast out of this this studio. And this podcast talks about conservative issues that are going on around the country and also those conservative things that are happening um, in our um, our state right now. We're talking about the voting and so on and so forth. Um, so this is the Walt Blackman Show. And again, I wanted to uh, just come up on the Facebook uh, really quickly so you could see what we are doing and what we're talking about. Hi from San Diego. I appreciate you coming on, uh, Mr. Gonzalez. And I appreciate that. Um, let's talk about the election. Let's talk about what's going on in Arizona and how the left quickly, quickly said that we are a blue state. It's funny they could they could call a state, they could call us a blue state when um, we weren't even done with the vote count. Uh, as of today, there are, uh, I believe there are two hundred thousand votes that still need to be counted. And before uh, it, it dwindled down, there were a number of of uh, votes that were still outstanding. But uh, Arizona and the uh, Fox News and the uh, CNN went ahead and called called uh, Arizona a blue state. What do you feel about Arizona being a blue state? That is something that uh, I never thought that I would hear, um, particularly in Arizona. I didn't know uh, that uh, we don't like our Second Amendment. I didn't know that we didn't like school choice. I didn't know that we like comprehensive sex education, so on and so forth. And that is typically what a blue state uh, follows. And this this is something that is very alarming to me as a parent and also as um, as a, uh, a a citizen of Arizona. Uh, when the the media dictates what when a when a president a, a candidate wins a state without without making sure that uh, everything is is verified. So if you were watching the returns the other night, like I was and many other people, uh, when they called Arizona red, I mean I almost fell out of my chair. So did a lot of other people. They almost fell out of their chair because Arizona is not red. Arizona is a God-fearing Second Amendment, um, capitalism, uh, freedom of speech type of state. And for the CNN, Clinton News Network, and now the sister of Clinton News Network, uh, Fox News, when they get on there and start making these premature calls on our state, uh, then it it means it it makes a lot of folks um, anxious anxious uh, for doing this. I've got uh, Mark Wagner there. Mark and I served in the military, and I'm going to be asking Mark actually to come on our show, um, and I'll be reaching out to him to come on our show and talk about what his his thoughts are about um, what's going on in our state and what's going on um, in the country. So um, looking at the last polls, it looks like that uh, the president 
actually has gained some points or has moved up um, in the ratings um, when we're talking about the number of votes um, in, in Arizona. So that's good to hear. That's good to hear. It would be a blessing if we if he could swing these other four states and also be able to, um, I would say, uh, keep himself in the presidency. But we know the liberal left, they are going to do everything they can not to let that happen. Um, we can't have our state. Uh, we can't have our country stolen. Um, talking about the local elections. So um, as you know, in my race, LD6. I ran against uh, Mayor Evans, Carl Evans, and Art Babbitt, supervisor out of Coconino County and Flagstaff area. Um, the Democrats, just on my race alone, uh, dropped a million dollars. We talked about this before. They dropped a million dollars, and they were just just so ready, so ready uh, to uh, take the seat. They were even they were even uh, celebrating uh, the night of the election. Um, I, I went on uh, a page. Um, uh, uh, Evans page. And there's a, there was a picture of her, um, in, in her pajamas or something. They were celebrating their supposed, supposed win, their supposed win. And, um, I hate to tell you, Coral, you're 7,000 votes behind. That doesn't uh, look like a win to me. That looks like you're 7,000 points behind. The good news story on this is that we do not have to worry about higher taxes um, with Democrats in the Arizona House because we have managed to keep the House in Arizona. We are still twenty nine or thirty one and twenty nine. What does that mean? Well, it, it's a tight margin. Um, everybody pretty much has to be on the same team. If one person uh, goes off the grid, then um, on a vote. Um, that's on the Republican caucus, then we could have some problems. Um, it's the same situation as last the last two sessions that I was in, and it's going to be the same way this way. So Republicans have got to be on the same sheet of music when we're talking about making sure that we are funding education, make sure that we are making sure that our law enforcement officers are funded and that our health care costs are at a low cost so folks who can't afford health care have an opportunity to get their health care. And then we got to do something about this COVID. Okay, so as I said before, COVID's not going anywhere, uh, ladies and gentlemen. COVID is going to stay right here in Arizona. We have to learn how to walk and chew gum. And if we can do that, we'll be great. But what we do not need to do is close our state. That doesn't work. Okay, it does not work to close a state because as a result of that, many businesses have gone out of businesses, a business, and many businesses have had to close their doors for temporary and then they're trying to uh, work their way back financially and they're trying to bring more revenue in. And that is that is difficult when uh, businesses in the state have been closed for so many months. The state is open. Governor Ducey did open the state. Um, however, it is not fully open. And uh well, I would like to see the state fully open, but I am not the governor, and and he does his own thing. Uh, however, when um, I get back in the session, um, just speaking with other members, um, the the topic of conversation is going to be uh, we're going to have to rein in some of those executive orders that uh, you went um, and did. 
Um, we cannot run a state on executive orders, ladies and gentlemen. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that as a an executive of a state um, or a country can take away your 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 constitutional right based on a pandemic. There is nowhere in the Constitution. So they they they'll, they'll go to executive orders. But the problem with that is, and sometimes you got to do that, I guess. But the problem with that is, is that when you go to executive orders and you are running your state off executive orders, we are picking winners and losers in that capacity. Um, For example, uh, some of the restaurants that had to close their businesses because they were a class six restaurant or they sold uh, wine and beer. um, Some of them closed and some didn't. Casinos didn't close. But I know, you know, folks say, well, casinos are owned by the federal government. I got that. But it's perception is reality. So we cannot run our state, our country on executive orders. Obama tried to do that. That uh, happened uh, for a while here in Arizona. And we are hoping that it does not does not happen again. I'm going to make sure that I do everything that I can to make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the propositions that we um, um, saw, those two propositions that were Voted on uh, 207 and 208. One is a marijuana and one is an increase of tax to Arizonans. Um, so uh, what the left wants to do or what fo- what folks really want to do is they want to tax. They want to tax the heck out of people. Um, we can't be a tax and spend society. We can't be a tax and spend party. OK, now. What I have been um, understanding in the research that I've been seeing about the marijuana uh, initiative is that they plan to take X amount of dollars or percentage from the marijuana sales and apply that to education. That is a failed, 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 failed system. I'll tell you why. Because after the marijuana growers growers and distributors and uh, uh, everybody else gets their take, and then we look at uh, TPT tax for the state. That's 3%. So 3% of the total marijuana growth uh, or marijuana sellage or, par- or, or production that we will probably start seeing here in Arizona because of that terrible law, terrible proposition. And uh, we're only going to get 3% tax on that. Okay, That's something the left will not tell you. Uh, they will say we need to do this so we can start to fund education and so on and so forth. The same with the tax increase. Okay, I will tell you, and I have told you this before: Arizona teachers received four hundred thirteen million dollars increase in pay last session, but now we are running another tax to the same teachers for more money. Now already the budget is seven point two billion dollars for education and some change. Okay, we're still number 49th on the ladder. I think we're 48. They say, well, they say we're 48 and 49. Okay, so we're putting in all that money. We're putting in all that money. Why would you think taxing Arizonans more would improve what's going on in the education uh, classrooms now? The first thing we need to look at, as I've been saying, is we need to look at where that money is going. When it goes to the school board, who's getting what dollar amount, so on and so forth. The state can't do that. Because if we do that, that's big government and it's overreach and people don't like that. So in order for us, I think until we can uh, figure out where all that money is going, 
we we need to uh, do a a assessment, an assessment of the monies that we are already given education, and find out where it's going. Because if we don't do that, what's going to happen is is that uh, we're going to have those pundits on the left that say we don't fund education. And then we're going to have folks on the right like myself that says, no, we are funding education. So what we need to do is, is, is data-driven, find out where the money is going in each district. Now, a lot of folks aren't going to like that. But in some districts, it may help. Because in some districts, it may show that, you know, you need more money to be able to operate. We have some districts that have less than uh, 500 kids in their, in their school district. But they are rated as a middle school or an elementary now. And and just by that category, they get less money. So you have a high school with high school students that have less than 100 uh, kids in it. They get rated as a elementary school and they are getting those types of dollars. That doesn't make any sense to me. A high school is a high school. So um, in uh, Young, for example, their high school there, um, it's I believe it's Young. Um, their high school, there's a small high school, but they are getting, yeah, young. They are getting small amount of dollars, but it's a high school. So those are some of the things that we need to change at the state. And that's some of the things I'm going to do. If you're a high school, if you are classified as a high school and you have graduation requirements every year for high school seniors, then you should be getting the dollars as a high school. Okay. Whoever came up with that, I don't know what they were doing. I think, I don't know what they were doing. But that makes zero sense to me to classify a high school as a elementary when elementary schools get less dollars. So when we're talking about charter schools, also school choice, we need to be able to make the market more competitive for for parents to be able to have a broader market of where they're going to send their kids, particularly nowadays, particularly what's going on now. Okay. Um, and if we don't do that, then we are going to um, have some problems with that. We need to make it more competitive. We need to have we need to have uh, let teachers and our, ki- our parents have more choice in where they send their kids. And then with healthcare, we need to make it more competitive. We need to put the healthcare on an open market to drive down rates. Because if healthcare is on the open market and it is at a lower rate, then guess what we can do? We can expand healthcare to those folks who do not have it. That's a simple fix. We put it on the open market and make it competitive. And that is how we drive healthcare costs down. And then we make sure those catastrophic injuries, which um, 53% of those catastrophic injuries uh, lead to bankruptcy to a lot of folks. We make sure that we cover those as a state because it's a small percentage. It's a small percentage within that 53, within that whole healthcare realm that actually have catastrophic injuries um, that cause them to go bankrupt. Okay. And then finally, campaign dollars. Now in Arizona, I I don't I couldn't even tell you begin to tell you how much money was spent in Arizona in the last election. I know in my race, uh, uh, I'm over a million dollars. Okay, we're talking ads, we're talking uh, money that was raised on the other side, so on and so forth. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> so here's the deal. This is not going to go away. <clears throat> this is going to continue to get crazy and crazy and crazy. So a state run office a couple years ago. Um, 
excuse me, a couple of years ago, state run office, you could raise $60,000 and you were, you were doing pretty good. You know, 70 in some cases, you were doing really good. No, you can't do that anymore. I raised a hundred and something thousand dollars in my campaign and over a million was spent. So my question to the Democrats, my question to the Democrats and those uh, pundits that threw in all this money into LD6, into LD6, over a million dollars. What do you think over a million dollars could do for LD6? Well, I could tell you what it could do. We could probably get put community centers, youth community centers in Holbrook because there's no community centers in Holbrook. The kids have nothing to do. We could put a community center or a boys and girls club in Snowflake. We, we could put after school programs in Flagstaff or some of those rural areas like on the Navajo Nation. We can make sure that kids on the nation are getting the proper nutrition that they need because we have these after school programs that they can go to. We can do a lot with a million dollars in LD6, but what the Democrats chose to do, they chose to spend um, over a million dollars to unseat Republicans who care about our district, me. So they threw away a million bucks on someone who didn't even campaign. I don't even think she left the house. I think she was in the basement with Sleepy Joe. They threw away a million dollars over a million dollars, and that could have been a substantial investment into our communities. So when we have these social justice warriors that get on Facebook and get on these podcasts and so on and so forth, and they say, you know what, we need this community or we need this activity and this and this and so on and so forth, but they spend over a million dollars to unseat unseat a sitting representative with a price tag on a salary of $24,000. Isn't that kind of counterproductive? Okay, that's a lot of money. Now, I don't know about you, but we can do a lot with the money that they poured into this district and also across the state. Talking about infrastructure, talking about Internet infrastructure, talking about making sure that uh, low income families have child care. If we think about all the money that was that was brought in, sent in from Arizona, from the George Soros and all those groups that 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 that, that say that they want to change and make America uh, improved and equal opportunity for all, with all the money that came into the state from the liberal left, we could have programs, working programs that would help families in Arizona and also in LD six, but that didn't happen. So now what those Democrats who dumped so much money into our state, those ones that uh, will probably be getting up during budget season and yelling and screaming and crying, will be saying that we don't spend enough money on A, B, C, and D. Well, it seems like that somebody's got a lot of money and it's not the Republicans, it's the Democrats because y'all poured in a lot of money into our state. Arizona alone. I want you to think about that. That's something that I want you to go away with. I'm black. I'm Walt Blackman, and I'm about to get out of here. Welcome to the new podcast show. It is the Walt Blackman show, and this is a conservative, no spin, no PC zone.
type of podcast. You're able to download our podcast when you go to iHeartRadio, Pandera Radio, so on and so forth. We have started today. Our first episode was today, and I am so excited about it. Next week, we are going to have former former NFL football player. I'm not going to reveal his name. I'm just going to let you know that he is a former NFL football player. He's a black conservative. He is a pastor and a leader in Phoenix, and he has some great words that he wants to talk to us about and share his experience and where we need to go as a state and a country. I'm Walt Blackman. Take care of yourself. Let's get through this election. President Trump, he's going to win, hands down. And guess what, folks? If they steal this election, President Trump can run and four more years. Take care, everybody. I'm Walt Blackman. God bless you. You're listening to The Walt Blackman Show, the show that brings you hardcore conservative straight talk. Welcome to the No PC Zone.